welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. As, as God delivered them miraculously through, through the plagues and then by miraculously making the Red Sea dry ground so they could cross and then drowning the Egyptian army when they followed them into the Red Sea. As they crossed the Red Sea into the wilderness and God took them south along that Sinai Peninsula where, where they were going to be crossing then into uh, the region that God would give to them as their land of promise. They had been 30 days on that trip and God brought them to what's called the mountain of God. It's also named Mount Sinai. And there God called Moses to the top of the mountain and God spoke to him. And, and this was one of the first messages that God gave to Moses on that mountain. It's found in the book of Exodus chapter 19. And let me read it for you, may I? And Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I, do, what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. And brought you to myself. He wasn't just taking them to the land of promise. He was bringing him to be in a personal relationship with him. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall speak to the children of, excuse me, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Did you notice what God was saying to them? You're going to be a special treasure to me above all other people on the earth. You'll be a special treasure to me. By the way, may I insert here, that's not changed. The children of Israel, the Jewish people are still the apple of God's eye. And the nation of Israel is a special nation to the living God. Never forget that. Never forget that. But God was saying something else. He said, and I'm going to make you a kingdom of priests. I'm going to make you a nation. God was forming a new nation on the earth. And that nation was going to be a nation named Israel. And God was going to make them a kingdom of priests. Now, that wasn't something new that God was doing. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't something brand new that, that had never been done. When you look at Scripture carefully, you will notice that Almighty God, from the very beginning, was wanting to make a kingdom 
of God on planet earth. If you have your holy scriptures, go to the book of Genesis chapter 1. Will you please? Go to the book of Genesis chapter 1. And uh, God was saying in Genesis chapter 1, beginning at verse 26, And God said, Let us make man in our own image. In the image of God made he him. Male and female made he them. And God blessed them and said, Multiply. Be be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and take dominion. Now as you go on reading down to verse 31, you're going to find that God gave them authority over all other life on earth. The human race was to be distinct and unique among all life on planet earth. In fact, when you, when you study carefully, you discover planet Earth was designed specifically to sustain human life. And it's different from all other planets in all of God's creation because it alone sustains human life. And if it was a fraction of a degree different than what it is, it, it wouldn't sustain human life. Because human life is different from all other life on earth. Whether we want to talk about uh, salmon or eagles or bears or any other unique life on, on earth. Human life is distinctly different because only human life is made in the image of God. In fact, when you study it carefully, you will find that Almighty God spoke everything into existence... And once he had all of creation in existence, then God hand-formed human life. Amen. He hand-formed it because he wanted human life to be unique from all others. And it's to be valued above all others. When he spoke to Noah, he said, Noah, if anyone takes the life of another human, they will be accountable for that life. Now, he didn't say that for those of you that like to hunt. It's okay to go out and kill an elk, kill a deer. I'm so glad. If you are a good hunter, I hope you believe in tithing your venison and your elk and your bear. I thank God for the many that do. We have got a lot of elk and venison in our, in our freezer. I'm so glad for that. I love it. By the way, you know what the ancient name for a vegetarian means the ancient name poor hunter <laughs> just just a little little extra for you didn't charge you for that a little extra okay we'll move on in this message why was god forming human life distinct from all of the life on earth Because God intended for mankind 
to be stewards of all of his creation. And God intended for mankind, through mankind, God would fill them. The scripture says God gave us a human body so that it could be the temple of the Holy Spirit. Mankind was to be the receptacle of God's spirit and was to be clothed in God's glory. And mankind, through mankind, God would establish his kingdom, a unique kingdom on planet earth. That was God's design from the beginning. That's why he said to him, subdue it and take dominion. Because you're going to operate And I will work through you and I will bring my kingdom to planet earth through you. Wow. Amazing. Now, we know that Adam and Eve's sin and rebellion uh, totally turned that upside down. And Lucifer and the fallen angels that had been thrown out of heaven, the the domain where God sent them was actually the atmosphere of what would be planet earth. And so what God was actually doing, I think this is really unique. God was actually doing a behind the enemy kind, uh, enemy lines, a recon mission with the human race. God was going to put on planet earth right in the area where Satan's domain was. He was going to bring another species of being that had never existed previous to the creation of Adam and Eve. In God's order, it was God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, archangels, cherubim, seraphim. And Almighty God, by His design, created a whole new species, human race, that whose body He would fill with His own presence. And now it would be Father, Son, Holy Spirit, human race, archangels, cherubim, seraphim. And through the human race, God would crush the kingdom of Satan. And so mankind was to establish the kingdom of God. But when they rebelled, Lucifer then and Satan and his kingdom became the rulers of the darkness of this world. But God wasn't done yet. God went into the Mesopotamian Valley and he found a couple. A man who even though all of his culture worshipped the moon god and they would build ziggurats through which they would make altars on the top of those ziggurats and they would worship the moon god. But God found a man whose heart would be true to him. His name was Abram. His wife's name was Sarai. And God made a covenant with him. And in that covenant, God said to him in the book of, this is recorded in the book of Genesis in chapter 12, 13 to 15. And uh, David, how come you put those in there? That didn't need to be in there. Oh, David didn't. My computer did that. Genesis chapter 12. God said to to Abram, I'm going to bless you. And all nations of the earth will be blessed through you. And I will make you great. 
And I will, from your seed, I will make a great nation. And then in chapter 15, God sealed that covenant with a sacrifice and by vows of covenant. And in those vows of covenant, God told him what the borders would be of the kingdom of his people. That it would go from the great sea, the Mediterranean Sea, to the great river, the river Euphrates. And it would go from the southern border of Syria down to the sea of Aqaba. Almighty God was giving him the borders and said, your people, for 400 years, they will be in bondage to another nation. But I will bring them out and I will make them a great and mighty nation. And that is exactly what God was doing through Moses. God was bringing the children of Israel, the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, bringing them out of that 400 years of slavery and taking them to the land of promise and making them a mighty nation God's kingdom on earth but do you remember God said to them if you obey me and if you keep my commandments and the, and the Israelites didn't they rebelled against God and time and again they suffered and they were, they were under the suffering of the Assyrian Empire and under the suffering of the Babylonian Empire and then Alexander the Great and then the Roman Empire And during that time when they were under the bondage of the Roman Empire, Almighty God was not done. And the angel Gabriel visited one of the priests of that day. His name was Zacharias. His wife could not have children. And they were now in their old age, well past the years of bearing children. And here comes the angel Gabriel at a time when Zacharias, one time in a lifetime, the priest would get to serve in the holy place and care for the menorah and the table of showbread and the golden altar. And that one time in his lifetime, Zacharias is getting to do his service. And here comes the angel Gabriel. And Gabriel comes and visits him and says to him, Zach, you're going to have a baby boy. And Zach goes, who are you talking to? Okay, this is my paraphrase, okay? If you're looking, you won't find those words in your Holy Bible. And, and he has trouble believing. And so God says, okay, I'm going to make you mute until he's bored. And he comes back out and everybody knew, man, he was in there a long time. He must have encountered God. And then when he couldn't speak, they knew he had encountered God. And to make a long story short, yes, they had a baby boy. And the baby boy's name was John. He became John the Baptist. And God, from the womb, he was a Nazarite because he was special to God. God called him for a special purpose. What was that special purpose? He was to be the messenger to say, Messiah. Messiah is coming now. He's not coming down the road. He's coming now. Get ready. And what was his message? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was his message. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now listen, listen. One of the days while he's preaching, here comes Jesus. And he's going to baptize Jesus. 
But you got to understand about the coming of Jesus. Because Jesus' coming was also through a miracle. The same angel, Gabriel, came to Mary first and encountered her and said, Hey, Mary, you're going to have a baby. And Mary goes, No, 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 no. That's not possible because I have kept myself pure. I'm a virgin. I know. Gabriel said, I know. I know you're a virgin. That holy thing that will be in your womb will be conceived of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Most High will overshadow you and the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will have this baby. And he's going to be great. And he's going to sit on the throne of his father, David. Listen. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Wow. Didn't stop there. Because when Jesus began his public ministry in Matthew chapter 4, verses 17 to 25, when Jesus began his public ministry, it says this. It says his message was, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 4 and again in chapter 8, when it's talking about Jesus, the people want Jesus to stay just in that region around Capernaum and and the northern part of the Sea of Galilee. They just want him to stay right there. And Jesus goes, no, 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 no. I must, listen, I must preach the kingdom of God in other cities. And then he was in some other cities and they wanted him to stay there. And he says, no, I must take the glad tidings of the kingdom of God to other cities. In other words, Jesus Christ came when John the Baptist baptized him in water. That was initiating the public ministry of Jesus because Jesus Christ was going to bring the kingdom of God to men and women. Now, why is that important? Well, do you remember when Jesus was standing before Pilate? And Pilate asked him, So, are, are, you, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him, You've said well. For I am a king, but my kingdom is not of this world. And my kingdom will be for all of those who know the truth. And then Pilate looked at him and said, what is truth? And turned on his heels and walked away. Can you say dumb? I mean, (laughs) wrong, wrong question. What is truth? He should have looked in Jesus' eyes and said, Tell me, what is truth? Tell me. Come on, I want to hear it, right? Amen. Instead, he walks away. And when he walks away, that's going to be a death nail for the Roman Empire. Because Jesus brought the kingdom of God to men. His his disciples, when he was ordaining his disciples, when he ordained the twelve, he said to them, Go and preach. The kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. And 
cast out demons. When he ordained the 70 others, Jesus had a total of 82 disciples that he ordained. On the day of Pentecost, he had 120. Amen? When he he ordained them, he said, go and preach the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, after Jesus' resurrection, he spent 40 days, it says in Acts chapter 1, he spent 40 days teaching them about the kingdom. He wanted them to understand. Now, the disciples got a little confused. They thought that Jesus was going to bring the kingdom of God to earth in a physical form at that moment. And Jesus goes, no, 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 that's in the hands of my Father. We don't know when that's going to happen, and that's not what you're to worry about. After the day of Pentecost, they got it. It's a spiritual kingdom right now. And it's in the hearts of men. And that's what Jesus had said in Luke 17, 21. He said that the kingdom of God is in the hearts of men. And I want you to understand, dear ones, the kingdom of God is on earth right now. The kingdom of God is in the heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl who receives Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, why Why is this significant? Why are we talking about that? Well, for two reasons. One is because God wants you to live like royalty. We're going to get to that in just a moment. And this whole series is entitled, Living Like Royalty. God wants you to know how to live like royalty. But the the other reason I want to touch on just briefly is because throughout history... Everywhere the kingdom of God has come, it has met resistance. And the reason is this. The reason Lucifer had to overthrow Adam and Eve is because his kingdom was at risk at that moment. Because they had authority over the kingdom of darkness. And so he overthrew Adam and Eve in an effort to try and overthrow the kingdom of God. Remember, his rebellion in heaven was to overthrow the kingdom of God in heaven. And he got thrown out. So now on planet earth, he's continually seeking to establish position to overthrow the kingdom of God. And his primary way of doing that is through earthly kingdoms. He will seek to animate earthly kingdoms that will be against the kingdom of God. And down through history, we see that. In Egypt, he motivated Pharaoh to kill all of the Jewish babies because he wanted to stop the deliverer Moses. In the Assyrian Empire, The Assyrian Empire was supposed to just punish Israel a little bit. Instead, they sought to destroy Israel. Same with the Babylonian Empire. And as you go down through history, every empire, including the Roman Empire, fought against the kingdom of God. Now watch this. Every empire has five distinct things. Every empire including the United States of America. You have a king. Of course, in our, in our, we, we, have, we have the president, right? Right now we have a president who thinks he's a king, but that's okay. He's an elected president. They have a king. They have borders. They have culture. They have language. And they have an enemy. Every kingdom has those same five things. Right? Including the kingdom of Almighty God. 
And what happens is anytime the kingdom of God comes in comes in opposition to the earthly kingdom, the earthly kingdom seeks to crush it. Because the earthly kingdoms almost always are being animated by the kingdom of darkness. Okay, that's why our, our precious brothers and sisters behind the iron curtain, our precious brothers and sisters behind the bamboo curtain, our precious brothers and sisters that, that are right now in the Middle East facing ISIS, dear ones, it is always the earthly kingdom seeks to stamp out the spiritual kingdom of God because the spiritual kingdom of God requires allegiance to our heavenly king alone. And we're beginning to see it right now in America. The Klein couple in Portland fined $135,000 because their Christian conviction was different from the demands and the rule of our government right now. And our government is continually pressing into the realm of the kingdom of Almighty God and demanding allegiance to it and that we do not keep allegiance to our heavenly kingdom. A very unique thing. I don't know much about the Koch brothers. I just find it very interesting that our current Secretary of State has declared the Koch brothers to be enemy of the states because they refuse to believe in global warming. That's interesting, isn't it? Check it out. How about the Stormans family in Washington? We've we've knew them the years we were in Olympia. Okay? They have been in the pharmaceutical business for over 70 years. Strongly committed Christians who believe that human life begins at conception. And so in their pharmacies, and, and the one that became in the press, the uh, pharmacy in Rouse Thriftway in Olympia, they have never been willing to sell the plan B, okay, emergency conceptive medicines. They, they won't sell them because of their conviction about human life. And life in the womb. But what they would do when customers would come in and request that, they would, they would say, you know, we, we do not uh, sell that in our store. But, and they would recommend stores they could go to and get it. But they wouldn't sell it because of their Christian conviction. The state of Washington passed a law requiring all pharmacies to sell the product and that it was against the law to not sell the product and make referral. It specifically said you could not make referral. Sounds like a direct attack, doesn't it? When it went to the Supreme Court, the, the Supreme Court refused to hear the case and, and, and enforced the state law forcing Christian pharmacists now to sell plan B or be in opposition to the state government. Dear ones, what I'm wanting you to see is 
that the kingdom of God is in continual warfare against the kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom of darkness is always seeking to animate the earthly kingdoms to fight against the kingdom of Almighty God. Now what is that kingdom like? The kingdom of God. Jesus gave us a snapshot. And I'm just going to give you a snapshot this morning. He gave us a snapshot of the kingdom of God in the prayer that we most often know as the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And so it's a holy kingdom. God's kingdom is a holy kingdom. In fact, when, when his eternal kingdom comes, there will be no sin of any kind there. And when he, under his thousand years ruling in the earthly kingdom, the scripture says he will rule with a rod of righteousness. It's going to frustrate a whole lot of human beings because they won't be able to sin. Now those of us who are in our glorified bodies, we're going to rejoice and celebrate. Those in their earthly bodies are going to become a rebellious army for Satan in the last days. That's a whole other lesson. You're going to have to come to Wednesday night to learn about that. Amen. A little commercial there. Wasn't that good? Did you notice how I snuck that right in there? Okay. It's a kingdom where God rules. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In every heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl. Where they are seeking to do the will of God. His throne is there. His kingdom is there. Amen? Yes. It is a kingdom where there is no lack. Give us this day our daily bread. There's... God's never been broke. God's kingdom has never had a recession. God's kingdom has never had a depression. God has never woke up and went, I don't know what I'm going to do. How am I going to feed these kids? God's never had that. God has never had the problem that we had with our kids that you probably have with your kids. We used to look at one another and go, how does he go through shoes so fast? It's like the day we bought them. They're wore out in a day. You know what I mean? And, and, oh, and, and we'd have to pray in more shoes. Thank the Lord. Almighty God. Almighty God never has lack. That's why King David wrote, I have been young and now I am old. But I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Amen. It's a kingdom where there's no condemnation. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. There's no condemnation in God's kingdom. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Scripture says... Who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died, yea, rather is risen from the dead. In God's kingdom, you're always victorious. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Dear ones, do you pray that prayer? God, today, don't let me step into temptation, God. Deliver me from temptation. It is amazing when you pray that prayer on a regular basis how less temptation comes across your path. 
You need to be praying that because Almighty God wants to put a shield around you. That's why it says in Psalms, it says that He surrounds us with His favor like a shield. And when it says, deliver us from evil, literally in the Greek, it's deliver us from the evil one. Almighty God always wants you to walk victorious. You are never at the mercy of your enemies. Now let's wrap this up real quick. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it says this, that he has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of of his dear son. When you are born again, Jesus Christ takes you out of the powers of darkness and he puts you in his kingdom and he places his spirit within you so that you now are a child of almighty God. Scripture says that he gave us power to become the sons of God who believe in his name. Amen? And as sons and daughters of God, it says, we're heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. But Jesus said this in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. It says, he has raised us up and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 2, 9 and 10 quotes the scripture I read to you in Exodus chapter 19. And it says that he has made us a royal nation, a holy priesthood. It says in Revelation chapter 1 verse 6 that he made us kings and priests unto our God. You are a son and daughter of Almighty God. You're a son and daughter of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at